The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with John Thomas Flynn, who is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Ask the CIO, SLED edition on Federal News Network. Now your host, John Thomas Flynn. Welcome, everyone. Our guest today is Kevin Plexico, Senior Vice President of Information Solutions at Dell Tech. Welcome to Ask the CIO SLED edition, Kevin, our state and local program. Great to have you on the air. Well, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about your position, what you do in, in Dell Tech in general, and then we'll get into some specifics. Sure. So Dell Tech is a... Uh information and software company that is focused on project-based businesses. So a large portion of our customer base is government contractors that are obviously project-based. I came to Dell Tech through the acquisition of a company called Input, which is a company that we worked with each other together years ago. Uh, they got acquired back in 2010. Peter Cunningham? Peter Cunningham yeah, sold it off, great. yeah. And then we uh, we kind of found a new home at Dell Tech. It's been a great home for us. We've made a, a few acquisitions, like, including a company called Onvia, which is a state and local a market intelligence firm about two years ago. It was a Seattle-based company. Uh, so I run the market intelligence business for uh, for Dell Tech. That everybody seems to know that is GovOne.com these days. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, um, tell us about what we're going to hear today. Well, we came out talked about uh, the state and local market and uh, what it looks like from a technology point of view. One of the things that we do within my my business area is we do f- uh, forecasting and kind of market trend analysis of federal, state, local, and higher education markets. Uh, for our customer base. A lot of our customers are government contractors that are going after government work and trying to figure out where things are headed. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And it, it always is a, an interesting conversation to have when you compare uh, the federal space with the state and local. I mean, it's so, such different animals, but it's approached in so many different ways uh, by the vendor community. For example, a lot of times, uh, you know, from my business, I've dealt with a lot of uh, private sector companies that want to make that leap into the the state and local, maybe they've done federal before, and it's really it's a it's a whole different orientation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the federal market is very um, very centralized. You have hundreds of agencies instead of hundreds of thousands of agencies. Uh, you have a, a rule of law in the federal acquisition regulations that guide how all federal agencies have to conduct their business. The state and local market, every state might have its own procurement laws. Local governments might have their own procurement laws. You're literally dealing with not just the state governments, cities and counties, but special districts, school districts. It's hard to characterize it as one market, really, mm-hmm. because it's just a collection of markets. There's even differences geographically. Yeah, it's interesting. If you look at your uh, you know, your publications on state and local, one of the first slides had to do with just how many entities there are. And I can remember years ago uh, saying there were something like 80,000 different state and local government entities, state and local education. And now it's even higher than that. I think it's, I think it's even up to 90,000 or something. Yeah, when you, when you start counting public universities and school systems and Port authorities, you know, all the yeah. kinds of different organizations that are involved in government. Yeah. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I remember California alone had, I think, five or 600 uh, special districts, you know, a lot of water districts, places yeah. like that. It's incredible how large it would be. It's a, a huge base. And obviously, even stretching it for state, local, and then throwing in education even makes it even more complicated because that's as different from state and local. Uh, state and local versus education is almost as different as federal versus state and local, if you ask me. I mean, it's a very complicated group of uh, leadership and organizations in education that throw a curve at you any way you look at them, especially from an, an IT perspective. I always say you had the, the private sector out front with chief information officers. Federal and state basically started back in the mid-90s. I think arguably I was the first state CIO when I was CIO in Massachusetts under governor, appointed by Governor Weld. And uh, education is even five or ten years behind that because a lot of times you won't even find the IT director of a, of a, a college will be 
you know, just a dean as opposed to a senior vice president, something like that. So it's a tough haul. Tell us about your, your methodology for identifying and being able to forecast state and local education. What do you do? So we rely on a variety of information sources. The Census Bureau does a, um, an annual census, I think it's every four or five years actually, of state and local governments that give us a, a lot of expenditure data that we get an understanding of what cities and counties are spending on, uh, on goods and services as well as at the state level. Obviously at the state level you have a lot of budget data that we can draw from. Uh, you tend to get some budget information at, at state and local and city and county levels as well. And that gives you a really good baseline of uh, understanding the patterns of IT spend within an organization. Uh, we rely a lot on kind of just a common understanding of if this city or county that we've found spends 5% of its budget, then other cities and counties like it probably are kind of in the same bucket. So unlike the federal market where they put out a nice big IT mm. budget, uh, you don't get something like that in most state and local governments. They they uh, they might have a technology budget and they might have a technology plan, but in some states, that's that's just a technology organization. That's a support organization for you know the entire state. They're not necessarily running the technology for the healthcare organization or the social services agency. They might have their own systems that they're spending money on. You know, I know that the uh, we keep going back and referring to the federal government's uh, methodology, if you will, for budgeting and. And, and the such, and uh, the lack thereof in state and local especially. And we're going to talk about that in some detail in a little bit. Uh, but I did notice that overall the sled market is upwards of $130 billion, which is probably 30 or $40 billion more than the federal government, right? Yep, about that. It's a huge market for sure. It can't be ignored. Yeah, the thing that's interesting about it, though, is if you look at uh, the types of goods and services that are purchased at the federal level, you know, things like Department of Homeland Security, Aerospace Defense, rather unique kinds of of goods and services, whereas state and local governments spend money on everything from squad cars to pencils to computer systems. It's a really diverse market, including tons and tons of commodity products. Let's talk, we were talking about the $130 billion market, and let's talk about historical spending. It's been a strong decade, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. The, the economy uh, really drives state and local government spending. If you think about, uh, unlike, again, the difference between federal and state and local, Federal government has deficit spending. Uh, most state and local governments have uh, no, no ability to borrow. And so depending on the state, if the tax revenue in the economy goes south, so too does their ability to spend money. And we saw that back in 2008 when we had that economic crisis. And, uh, and since then, the economy's gotten better. And as a result, tax revenues are strong at, at most state and local governments. And uh, what, do you, what, do you, uh, what does Deltec think about the next five years? Well, I mean, just based on what we're seeing from the Census Bureau and an uh, organization, the Federal Reserve, that does predictions around what is the chance of a recession coming, it's, it's very low. Uh, so as a result, it's looking like a pretty strong outlook in terms of the ability to spend money in the next five years. Interesting, though. There's always those black swans, though, aren't there? This uh, coronavirus uh, that you read about every day, more than once, uh, certainly could have an impact. We've seen some of the big vendors, Apple in particular, that use a, a large manufacturing base overseas, particularly in China, uh, there may be an impact. And of course, it could filter down to uh, some of the vendors that serve the federal and state and local markets. Yeah, we saw Apple come out with uh, indications that it was going to be cutting its uh, expected revenues because of the coronavirus. Um, there's also things that people have been afraid of from the some of the trade war issues that have been emerging that seem to be settling down. Those types of things create a little fear, uncertainty, and doubt in people. I think what we've seen in some states is challenges around their increasing cost of health care and Medicaid costs really driving up larger and larger percentage of their budget. So that's another thing that kind of drives some concerns in, in state budget agencies. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, let's look at the breakdown of IT spending and consumption versus investment in some of your your, your documents. Explain that consumption versus uh, investment spending. I didn't quite understand that. Uh, consumption would be what they're buying and using, like products and services, um, things that they wouldn't necessarily have capital investments in. Okay. Uh, whereas investment would be typically where you're doing capital investment. Okay. okay. Well, that makes sense. And I know in some one of the slides you uh, you show growth in particular categories. In fact, there's a significant number of categories. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So one of the things that we do with our forecasts for technology specifically is to come up with a uh, a structure of offerings. So you might think of in broad categories that the big ones would be hardware, software. Uh, professional services, and then communications and network services. Those are our four big categories. Um, professional services and uh, communications and network services have been by far the fastest growing. Uh, we've seen you know agencies moving to adopt cloud computing, uh, moving away from you know kind of tech refresh as often as they used to because technology seems to last longer than it used to, at least at the server side. Uh, the price of those goods and services is, has been decreasing in terms of what an agency can get out of it. And of course, there's a tremendous amount of effort to reduce the amount of data center activity so and leverage more public cloud service offerings. So all those things kind of have this dynamic of driving down uh, investment in equipment to a lesser extent software and increasing those other two categories. One of the uh, things that I found extremely interesting in your write-ups and your, your slides was the issue of uh, procurement and the impact of growth in schedules over the year. That's changed a lot of things. I remember when, uh, you know, back when I was a CIO, uh, they first started using schedules in, in government or just a few years before that. Now they're all over the place, not only within the states themselves, but there's some associations, NACIO, uh, these, the purchasing officers have their own now. Uh, talk about that because it, it really has made a big impression. Yeah, I think uh, state and local governments have get, been getting more and more resourceful and drawing on the resources that are available to them to we'll say, leverage their procurement organizations and leverage the work that other agencies have done to establish procurement vehicles. So GSA schedules is one with the IT schedule being one of the things that's available for state and local governments to use. Of course, not all do. Uh, and then you have you know states like California, which have set up their own kind of schedules uh, that they use. And uh, and then obviously we're seeing a lot of cooperative purchasing take place as well. Where, yeah, we'll go we'll talk about that yeah. in a minute. We're going to take a short break now. Our guest today is Kevin Plexico, Senior Vice President of Information Solutions at Dell Tech. You're listening to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn. German scientists recently published a plan for rebuilding the highly unstable West Antarctic ice sheet. Anders Lieberman of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research says his team's calculations show that if combined with large worldwide carbon emissions reductions, a massive snowmaking project there could help stop the melt. I don't have any doubt that you could do it from an engineering point of view, but there has to be a lot of engineering. Ocean water would have to be desalinized, pumped up, and distributed inland, then sprayed through snow cannons all at tremendously cold temperatures. The energy needed would be enormous, though Lieferman says there is enough carbon-free wind power in Antarctica. But it would turn a pristine place into an industrial zone. Do we want to save New York, New Orleans, Hong Kong, or do we want to save Antarctica? Lieberman says those are the type of trade-offs we need to start thinking about now. With the National Academy of Engineering, Randy Atkins, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. This is Mark Amtower. My show, Amtower Off Center, 
brings you the best and brightest minds in government sales, marketing, and business development who share insights to help you grow your business. How to make content marketing work for you, advice for channel players on how to win more government business, and the real scoop on selling from GWAX and IDIQs. Tune in Mondays at noon on Federal News Network or subscribe to Amtower Off Center on iTunes or Podcast One. When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. Federal News Network. For news on the federal pay raise. To learn how other agencies handle IT modernization. To see how Congress funds my agency. For changes to my TRICARE benefits. For the latest on my security clearance. Federal News Network. Federal News Network. Helping feds meet their mission. Welcome back to Ask the CIO Sled Edition on Federal News Network. I'm John Thomas Flynn, and my guest today is Kevin Plexico, Senior Vice President of Information Solutions at Dell Tech. Kevin, just before the break, we were talking about the impact of, uh, of schedules, uh, procurement schedules, particularly in the state and local environment. Tell us more about where that's going and who the players are. Yeah, so we've, we've seen the emergence of a lot of uh, cooperative purchasing by agencies as well. So groups that are setting up basically bodies of a whole bunch of different products that they're pre-negotiating the prices and making those available to state agencies. It tends to be used more for commodity products than services, um, but it's, it's just one of the ways that can leverage the buying power of a, of a group of lo- local governments and not have them all have to negotiate their own prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we alluded to the fact that the state and local, well, the federal, I should say the federal government's IT budgeting process, if you will. I had a ritual in Sacramento, a, after I got out of government, right about the time of the uh, governor's state and local state of the state address, which also was at the beginning of the calendar year, right about that time, uh, the governor would present their budget in California. And I used to ping the uh, current, the state CIO at the time, my successors. I'd say, could you please send me uh, a list of all the new IT projects in the, in the state budget. And I get back an email that said, ha, ha, ha. You know, in fact, uh, last, uh, about a year ago, I actually did a post on our website, and it was the most popular post I've ever done. I got 2,000 unique visits, and it was entitled, Here's a Link to the New Fiscal Year 2020 Budget. And I added that it, it contained the total information technology budget for each agency and each department with a breakdown highlighting the priorities of the administration, and it represented a 5% increase, blah, blah, blah. And this budget, I report, report is further broken down into hundreds of specific IT projects at agencies and departments. And it even had a picture of the CIO with phone number and email address. And, of course, everybody thought I was talking about California. I wasn't. I was talking about the federal government. And I said, you know, this federal government has 90-some billion dollars, and they can do that. And state government, it's just all over the place. California was, was, uh, you know, they have no idea. Even when I went there, they said they spent about 2 or $3 billion a year. And this was 1995. And I said, how do you know? And I said, they said, well, we, the finance department told me that we do a survey once a year of departments and ask them. So fast forward 25 years, and guess what? They're still doing a survey each year of how much the spending is. Yeah, I mean, you can go state by state, and there's even at a state level, there's different levels of sophistication and, and rigor around how they manage their IT spend. Mm-hmm. And, of course, then you go to a city or county, depending on the size of the city or county, I mean, the mayor might be the guy who's, you know, trying to figure out what the IT budget is. It's just varies dramatically from agency to agency. Yeah. And it's, uh, so it puts a, a real burden on organizations like yours to identify this thing. So explain to me a little more, just take California as an example 
because I've actually gone through the 10,000 page online budget of the state of California and I've done control F on technology, computer, systems, the whole nine yards. I'm lucky if I get five hits out of 10,000 pages and a budget that's between three and five billion, they still don't know. How are you able to figure this out? So I think the key di- distinction is we're not trying to replicate what their budget is. We're trying to do a market sizing for our customers so they can understand the relative spend of different agencies compared to each other. You know, a lot of things like based on population, um, based on uh, expenditure data from the census, obviously their budget, knowing kind of what they're doing with it and understanding, you know, kind of their contracts that we track and bidding activity. So all that gives us a good sense for spend level, which is at the end of the day, we're not trying to get to a precise number. I mean, if I can get the number of California spend to the billion dollars, that's probably good enough for the customers that, that are using our information just to relatively figure out how big is this market? What's the opportunity in California relative to Massachusetts or Virginia or some other state they might be looking to do business with? Well, that's interesting because I was, I was just scratching my head thinking how you could do it. Now, interestingly enough, there are some states that you really can determine it. One of the best was the Massachusetts. In the old days when I was there, we had what was called an IT bond, information technology bond which set aside all the cap spending for new projects. So you could tr- very easily track what the budget was and the, and the actual expenditures were tracked against that particular budget. It made it just fantastic. You course, couldn't I get got, California to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I first went out there, they talked to me about bonds, but everybody gets scared. You know, that, it, that for some reason, that has not, that, you know, and we just had uh, the CIO, uh, Wood, he was just here not too long ago, and he told me they just got a new bond signed. So it's, it's going on, you know, that was back in the early 90s when they first started the IT bonds. So it's been successful and it seems to work, but no replication. I haven't yeah, heard and, of any other states that, that have done it. And, and to be fair, the reason the federal government has an IT budget is because of the laws that have passed that require them to do it. So now they are required by law to do that. And I think that's what drives a lot of that is where there's a legislative requirement for, you know, the, the executive branch to do something like that. You'd like to think so. Whenever I get into this conversation, I always I always think of California. California has the mother of all financial system projects uh, in the process. Uh, it's a billion dollars, perhaps uh, the largest IT project in the state's history, and of course it's uh, you know years uh, late and billions. It started off at six hundred million. Now it's over a billion. <laughs> They've even said that they keep pushing the due date out from July to July each year. And they actually came out with a statement that said they're going to they're finishing this project next July, but it's not going to have all the functionality done by then. Everybody said, "Well, what does that mean? If you're not going to you're not going to put any more money into it, or you're not going to have this functionality?" So uh, a lot of people, including myself, have really laid a lot of uh, of our hope and dreams about that fiscal system being able to do exactly what we're talking about. Because now the CalSARS, their current financial system that I I worked on when I was there. It's still around. It's yeah, still being I was used. just going to say there's organizations that haven't moved over to the fiscal system that are still using one that was built in the 80s. Yeah, that's actually, hard to believe. I have to tell a story about that. You know, the, it actually, you know, who's the the uh, the brains behind the CalStar system? Who initiated it? The planning, at least for it, Cap Weinberger. Oh wow! When he was Department of Finance director for Governor Ronald Reagan, my whole boss. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it's um, it'll be interesting to see because the auditor comes out periodically with the state auditor comes out with these reports about fiscal and they're in dire yeah, they're straits. They're not good. Yeah. Straits, particularly when they've spent so much money. And, 
you know, there's no going back at this point, but they are. They're running parallel systems, and some haven't even converted over to the uh, new one at all. Yeah, and I don't think they're even unique. I mean, there are a lot of states have problems with these big, big behemoth systems that are still running on legacy technology, and it's just just seems really hard for them to move to something that's modernized, whether it's a Medicaid management information system or a financial system or some other program. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they try to duplicate what the old systems have done. They continue to adopt the arcane work rules like in payroll systems that have uh, grown exponentially over the last 30, 40 years instead of going in and really trying to re-engineer what they're doing. And consequently, you know, every one of these things, oh, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to modify this. It's going to be vanilla and all this. And it's not. It's not. To get every department to approve it, they always give in and say, oh, yeah, we'll make that work for you. And consequently, the scope creep, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it's very, very difficult. You're right. And in the, in the, the, the process of doing these big systems that's been adopted is, just, is, a, is a strategy for failure. Yeah, and it's management by a committee because the IT organization there, as you well know, doesn't have the authority to really run these projects because they're dependent upon these organizations that have a lot of autonomy and independence in terms of what they're willing to do. So you're kind of like herding cats when you don't have that governance structure in place to really drive uh, drive to an end goal. Oh, Kevin, that's a really good point. In fact, that reminds me, that's one of the biggest problems in California is the fact that uh, CalSTARS, the state's financial system, is owned by the Department of Finance. Makes sense. Well, everybody assumed that when the new financial system replaced CalSTARS, it would be the Department of Finance's uh, system. So, of course, they, they decided to create this uh, a board of directors, and they included finance, but they all threw, uh, threw in the control and the treasurer and a few others. But the, the, the director of the Department of Finance was really the guy that really pushed this thing to get the budget for it and stuff like that. But, of course, he was gone long before this thing really even started. Uh, and consequently... When they started to have problems and started to have these reports come out from the auditor and the newspaper, et cetera, about how many problems they'd had and the budget was going up $100 million every, every other year, uh, all of a sudden, you know, you know the, uh, the project became an orphan. And so not only did it leave the Department of Finance, they have a department now for fiscal over in a oh different my. department. And I, I wrote an article about it and I said, you know, I've heard of a new department getting a new financial system, but I've never heard of a computer system getting its own department that's what they've done in california because everybody's afraid of it everybody's walking away yeah. from it and i don't blame them it, it we'll see what happens but it's going to be uh it's interesting in fact i even bumped into uh gavin newsom governor newsom who was on my show out in california and he and i i bumped into him at the airport uh this is probably four or five months ago and uh we chatted about this and i said man you you, you inherited this fiscal project and it's you know, right now it's Jerry Brown's project, but very soon it's going to be Gavin Newsom's project. You better get a serious look at it. And yeah, he said yeah, he, he was very upset about IT in general in the state of California, and for good reason. Uh, with that, we're going to have to close our program today. I want to thank our guest, Kevin Plexico, Senior Vice President of Information Solutions at Dell Tech. Kevin, thanks for taking the time to hey, be with Hey, thanks for having me on. It's good to catch yeah, up with very, you. Yeah, very interesting. And thank all of you for listening. Content from the state and local program, which also includes curated news and original articles by yours truly and other more esteemed authors, is part of the recently expanded AskTheCIO.com. Hope you can join us again each Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time or listen to a podcast afterwards. Until then, bye for now. I'm John Thomas Flynn.
You've been listening to Ask the CIO, Sled Edition with John Thomas Flynn on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 11 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.